Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Believe in Falcons. I'm your host, Will McFadden, joined as always by former Falcons fullback Ovi Mahaley. Ovi, what's up, dude? Not much, man. Uh, don't mind the tie. I just came from a fancy event, so didn't feel like changing. So it's it's me. <laughs> tie. I was touched. I was touched. Honestly, I, I thought you you dressed up for uh, <laughs> for the podcast. I was wondering what the occasion was. I'm just yeah. in a t-shirt. Hopped out of the shower an hour ago. I'm ready for bed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we've got a a game that hopefully won't be a snooze fest. How is that for a a transition there? (laughs) The Falcons are two and three coming off the bye week. They will face the one and five Miami Dolphins who are coming off of a London trip, their own London trip, but Mm -hmm. obviously decided not to take a bye week uh, the week after, which teams... Teams have the choice. They they can decide whether or not they want to do it. I guess the Dolphins, maybe rightfully so, because they came into this year with higher expectations than they have in several seasons. Certainly, there were higher expectations, I think, for them than the Falcons. So yeah. maybe that's why they elected 17-game season. If we can get a bye week, week 11 instead of week 7, maybe they thought that that would help them for a potential playoff run. But yeah. that's not the case. And if anything, the Falcons kind of come into this matchup, I think, feeling a little bit better um, about themselves than the Dolphins certainly do after a brutal, just a heartbreaking loss to Jacksonville. And then you have to get on a plane flight and fly eight hours back home. Um, But then you land in Miami and life gets a little bit better for you. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) We always said that like Miami players have this thing where when they lose, it has a higher chance of it spiraling into something more because they're in freaking Miami. Not like they're in Wisconsin or in like Minnesota <laughs> or anything else. Like they're in freaking Miami. So if they are like a, a really crappy season or in a crappy season or having a crappy year, it's not one, two, three Cancun. It's like one, two, three Miami. Let's let's go to the clubs. Let's go to the beach. Let's check out. Yeah. And they are. A, a, a game away from checking out, like fully out. If they're not already there, and to add to that, coach is in the hot seat. There's though, you know, rumblings about getting Mr. Deshaun Watson to replace Mr. Tua. Uh, you know, as a quarterback, when you yeah, know that was wild, they're actively trying to replace you. Uh, how does that make you want to give your all, give every single last bit to, you know, win for your team? You're like, you know, forget these guys. These guys don't even want me. So a lot of interesting dynamics that are in play with this uh, this game. But for the first time in a long time, the Falcons aren't in the the mess. That's it's a great way to great way to put that, and that's an awesome uh, way to just roll right into this conversation about this game. Um, so let's get to that. But first, uh, let's hear really quickly from today's sponsor. 
We know you're listening to a football podcast, but basketball season is firing right back up and the Hawks are good now. Who, I mean, who's excited for that? So just wanted to take a second and let you guys all know that Bet Online has a new web interface for the start of the basketball season, along with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. I mean, what else do you want there? So check it out this basketball season and... Who knows, maybe uh, make a few smart bets on the Hawks while you're at it. I think this could be a really fun year, guys. Trey Young could be the real deal here in Atlanta, and this is a really good young team. So just remember that BetOnline remains your number one spot for all of the basketball and football action this season. So head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Believe 50. That's B L E A V 50 to receive your welcome bonus. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. So remember, bet online is where the game starts. While I was curious to know your thoughts on if you're the head coach, if you're the decision maker uh, for a Miami team that just lost and now you've got a six and a half hour flight back, are you just banning alcohol on that on that plane? I mean, it, like you talk about landing in Miami already having uh, a day drinkings worth of beer, wine, liquor, whatever uh, might just be safer for Brian Flores to be like, this is a dry plane. You guys didn't win today. You didn't do your job. So uh, <laughs> to protect you and probably portions of Miami, uh, yes. we're, we're cutting you off. <laughs> it's something that they might try, but with. The guys, maybe it's different for an international flight. I don't know. I've never been, but we have our waitresses, the waitresses, our, our you know flight attendants who know us, who like us, some who like like us, and they <laughs> will give us whatever we want. They'll give us little small bottles of liquor and you know, a couple you know, bottles of wine, or we have you know a media guy who brings a little bit of stuff, and it, it's really hard, especially for the good players and the seasoned veterans, to keep them from drinking at all especially on a flight that long i mean yeah. they, they could be you know real military uh, uh uh strict about it but those guys are gonna need something or needed something for that long flight home after that terrible loss that was a bad loss. i mean you let <laughs> mr goldilocks himself and the jacksonville jaguars beat Ugh. you get their first win Ugh. but Worst. but that's where uh, like if if i was brian flores i would say okay you know what we're gonna do instead we're taking a quick detour over to amsterdam uh, yeah. We'll pick up all of the stuff you need to feel good there, um, <laughs> but, but we'll we'll stay away. You know, you take a nice nap on the flight back, sure. pop in a movie. We'll we'll get we'll yeah. get some food back here for you guys. <laughs> Just take a little high. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, what cool runnings, whatever. And and when you get home, <laughs> just yeah. get, go to bed. Um, all the good, but good I was talking to somebody um, who kind of reports on the Dolphins earlier today, and. He laid out something really interesting, and I, I don't think that this will happen on Sunday, but there's at least the case for it. And his point was that the Dolphins are probably going to reach a breaking point here at, at some point, but not in the way that you and I have talked about it, where, where guys check out. I agree with you that I think that the Dolphins are probably a game away from just hacking yeah. it in this season. They've got a lot of injuries to some of their big guys particularly in the secondary kind of seems like the organization has 
kind of checked out on this season a little bit with all of the stuff from the two. Like you don't you don't yeah. just start talking about trading for Deshaun Watson and moving your franchise young quarterback like if if you haven't already given up on this season. So that was a little weird, but he was expecting there there would be one game where the team just kind of like released all of its frustrations, just kind of came out and played a perfect game essentially. Mm-hmm. And the kind of way I thought about it in my head was, you know if a fight breaks out on like a a playground at school and one kid's clearly like the bigger stronger kid just pounding on on maybe a, a weaker kid but then the kid turns into like the hulk because he just gets so mad he just yeah. gets like so it's like ralphie in a christmas story where he just goes <laughs> off yes. on scott farkas and he's just like murder, 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 and then it's like just loses it could that be the dolphins on sunday and it's like they just are at wit's end they don't know what's happened to their season and and they come out and play kind of like the best game of their life because they have no expectations like how likely is that on Sunday? Very unlikely. In a perfect I world agree. for a Miami's Dolphins team, of course, they think that can happen because they, they, they're they grasping <laughs> at straws. But yeah. in reality, they're going to give the Falcons their best shot. They're going to be all riled up. They're going to want to get that taste out their mouth from that nasty, nasty loss to Trevor Lawrence. And they're going to give uh, you know their all the first quarter. They're going to come out swinging, mm-hmm. big plays. Coach is going for it on fourth down. They're going to have like a fake punt. They may like throw it all because this is it. Like you, you lose again yeah. to the Falcons. I mean, you can't beat Jaguars. You can't beat the Falcons. You need to just take your happy butt home and <laughs> sit down somewhere. Um, but if we give them hope, if we let them, you know, score, if we do field goals to the touchdowns, if we miss on opportunities and give them, a, 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 you know, breath, then it's going to be a long game. But I want this to be one of those games where we're, we're actually up by double digits in the fourth quarter. We can relax. We can like chill out. No, no, no. no we can't, nap. Ovi. No, we can't. We never I can. I want one of those games where we're up by, <laughs> forget double digits, maybe like, you know, three touchdowns. And and we have a good lead to where we can relax a yeah. little bit. Because you're right. I, I <laughs> No lead is safe for the Falcons. But this yeah. is a game where I feel like we can build up one of those leads, leads where we can feel somewhat comfortable. I completely agree. And I I think, I mean, that's the point, right? And one of, I was looking over the transcripts um, from the press conferences this week. Matt always speaks on Wednesday. um, And so I was just reading through what he had to say. And this has been the theme, I think, so far in the Arthur Smith era. It's weekly improvement. Even if the improvement is incremental, as long as it is consistent, then that works and it's better. And the best teams get get better from August to September, September to October, October, to November, and they're playing their best ball late in the year. Uh, I think that's been a little bit of the hallmark of the Titans over the past couple of seasons while Arthur Smith was their offensive coordinator, kind of similar to this year with Mike Frabel as well. Like he's been, I think the big reason for this, but clearly it's something Arthur Smith picked up on. They've been slow starters and teams kind of forget a little bit, I think about the Titans, but then Late October, November, December, it's almost like yep. Michael Myers. Yep. They just rise up out of the grave and they start They'll chasing down people again, looking to kill them. <laughs> and and that's what <laughs> I think we're seeing with this Atlanta team. Now, it may not be to that level because they don't have Derrick Henry. They don't have, um, you know, just the level of talent, I think, that that roster has had over the last couple of seasons. But I saw one quote from Matt Ryan, and I'm just going to read it real quick. But he said, yep. 
It's just the way things shake out, but I always go back to the good football teams that I've been on throughout my career, the ones that expected a lot of themselves and put in the work and didn't take anything for granted. I do see that from this team. I think there's guys that work hard and are on that quest to get better every day. That's awesome because Thank I, you, I, man. Believe- I, I know you're talking about me, man. I would I I love you too. We 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 had a great season, great run <laughs> that year. Yes, I worked hard, very hard. Thank you. But Matt's Matt's been a, a part of all of these different types of teams. I mean, his career is as weird as as anything if you kind of look at how it's gone season by season because he's been on part yeah. of of front runners who entered the year front runners and then made the playoffs. He's done that a couple of times in his career. He's been on teams that were considered to be front runners at the beginning of the year and then for one reason or another just completely fell apart and and definitely <laughs> the results were just Deep. definitely not there. Um yeah. underperformed and and he's been parts of teams that weren't expected to do anything. His very first team with the Falcons was a team that was expected to be a complete dumpster fire and yeah. made the playoffs. Playoff. Exactly. Yeah. So we lost to the Cardinals had no chance, but I you know, know man, that, was that first game. season as a rookie Matt Ryan with a rookie Matt Ryan going to the playoffs was it surprised us. We were like, wait, wait, we're, we're in the playoffs? Like we're, we're playing in the playoffs this year? Wow. Yeah. Okay, let's let's go. <laughs> <laughs> let's get the play. And to so go. that's that's why I trust I trust it when Matt Ryan says that. Because yes, he gets it. He knows where he is in in his career, but for him to to at least say that about this team when a lot of people are maybe expecting it, sure, to get better throughout the year, but I don't know if if even still either of us expect it to really like be a playoff team. But if they keep following this path, why can't they be? And yeah. a win on Sunday puts them at three and three. Sure, you're a little bit delayed, uh, I think, in evening out the score. I think that Washington game, if if they had gotten to two and two and then now they'd be three and two, you'd be four and two all of a sudden. The narrative starts flipping nationally and the Falcons are now a a team that like Carolina was for the first three weeks uh, is a little bit uh, ahead of schedule, maybe. So I want to I want to talk to you specifically as a former player. When about like when abouts do you usually start to know whether your team is worth a damn? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, Great question. Usually, uh, you don't even have to wait till the mid part of the season. I'd say the first third, uh, you know, the, yep. uh, different you know, sixteen games, but you know, the <laughs> first like you know five games or so, uh, you know whether your team's worth a damn or not. You know whether it's going to be a long season. You know whether you can win those games that are fifty fifty. You know if you can finish because yeah. the guys in the locker room show you on Monday how they feel how they react you know how they respond to losing when you see the majority of the guys just don't give a damn and we see the majority of guys like don't care and you know and just the you know the the accountability or lack thereof that your teammates hold you to you can tell that this is going to be a long season or where does you can that, that accountability start does that start I, I, with the head coach or does that start with the veteran players who were who kind of either signed on to come here with a mission to win a championship, or yeah. is it is it somebody like Matt Ryan who spent his whole career here and is the unquestioned alpha in that building? Yeah, like where does yeah. that start? Well, absolutely with with uh, Matt Ryan. It starts with the vets. It starts with the guys who want to win a gosh dang championship because <laughs> the guys who are one year contracts 
and are trying to get their big money deals. They care about winning, but they care more about their stats and their touchdowns and yeah. everything else. Now, the older guys, you know, who got money but don't have a championship, that's that's different, you know. But uh like Tony Tony Gonzalez is of the world. Uh, you know, we have uh gosh darn it, the defensive end who was with the Colts, he used to spin around all the time. His name's tipping my tongue. Uh, oh, Dwight Freeney. Dwight Freeney, yeah, with the Dwight Freeney's of the world, like you know, guys like that who they want a, a yeah. W's and lead the Super Bowl. But you know, the coach can only say so much. The teams that I've been a part of in my 10 years playing football in the National Football League, the teams that I've been a part of where I knew we had something special around, you know, week five, week six, were the teams where it was absolutely led from the players, from the vets on both sides of the ball. When you have vets on the defense that could talk to the offense and say, pick it up. What y'all doing out there? The D-line, talking to the offensive line. Yo, we see you in practice. You know you're better than that. Don't let them guys whoop, whoop up on you. I'm like, all right, like these guys aren't going to. Yeah. Playing like crap is unacceptable. It's just not something that we're going to tolerate in this locker room is what good teams say. So you're you're saying that iron, iron sharpening iron is a mentality, not not a slogan. It's absolutely a mentality for the, for the good you know, teams. That, the, on yeah. great teams, Jonathan Abraham would go. I loved it because he go talk trash to, <laughs> to Mud Duck and Claybo and Harvey Daw and say, hey, I'm coming. Coming today, and then in the games, he's like, "Hey, that guy ain't even half as good as me. You know that he's half as good as me. Why you letting him whoop up on you?" And he's like, "Hey, hey, hey, we got this. We got this. You handle your side." And they, it, it's antagonistic, but he hears John Abraham. He hears him cared about it, walking down, even though he should be at his side, getting ready for his play. He's walking down to the offensive side and going by the offensive line and reaching down and looking him in the eye, let him know what we expect out of our team. And it was, it was. I mean, I did the same thing. I used to challenge uh, Curtis Lofton, you know, and Stephen <laughs> Nicholas and, and, you know, a bunch of Yahoo linebackers we had. Our linebackers were never, you know, D-block, no. we, we ever had a pro, a Pro Bowl linebacker was never there in the Falcons when I was there. I don't think we, we had uh, any. We had a lot of, uh, you know, solid guys, but there are no Pro Bowl linebackers. So I, I yeah. used to whoop up on them, you know, pretty good. Sean Weatherspoon was one of the better linebackers. He had yep. a hard head and we battled. <laughs> But you know, I I I challenge these guys. He has a Pro Bowl fullback. I'm like, yo, you you guys may not have the accolades, but y'all are good. Don't be yeah. letting these random fullbacks do this stuff. Don't be letting these offensive linemen like go out there and handle business because I wanted to win. I was like, I'm getting old. You know, the the the, the money was great. The Pro Bowls are great, but I wanted to win a championship. But instead, yeah. I had five playoff uh, appearances and zero playoff zero playoff wins, which was uh, exciting in its own way. Damn, uh, almost Tony Gonzalez esque in uh, yes. In that yeah. efficiency there. Um, no, that, it reminds me of I, what everybody was talking about, the Brandon Staley, the Chargers quote, um, when he was talking about basically running the football. And the it w- like whether the effects of running the football are like super tangible based on is your run game actually successful or not. Uh, and his point was like, you don't really need like to run the ball a ton for your run game to be good and effective at what you need it to do. Like, you want to run efficiently, and that means running in non-obvious rundowns, running from beneficial looks, whether that be passing the ball to then open up the box to get numbers and and things like that, or use motion to get leverage and how you design your blocks um, yeah. against defenders. But really, he said the best part of kind of a good running game is that it just takes a physical toll on the defense. On a pass yeah. play, there are a couple of different outcomes that can happen. Ball could hit the turf, 
which means a body isn't. And you could pick off the pass, which means now you don't have to tackle the dude. Like just a few, to, but if you run the ball, somebody's got to get dirty and somebody's got to deliver a hit, take a hit, something. So just over the course of a game, like being able to really wear down a defense opens up a lot of other things uh, for your offense, even if the run game itself is not quote unquote like working or you're not running it a ton. So then I heard somebody say, essentially compare it to like college football. And there's a reason that SEC teams, when they get into the college football playoff, just wipe the floor with the Notre Dame or or whatever. It's because in practice, these guys are five stars against five stars all throughout the season. SEC is just like dominant, physical, dominant, physical. And then, yeah, you play in Oklahoma and they just aren't ready for that. It's a different level. So like these these guys, the the, the air raid offenses are cute and, and, and they're nice to watch and they're exciting during the season. When you get down to championships and Fact that defense win championships and the run games win championships, you grind these you know lighter teams to dust. These teams, these softer teams to dust, and yep. it's something that in the NFL there are a handful of teams that still understand that concept. Again, great to have receivers and big plays and throws, but you have a strong you know offensive defensive line. You have a strong run game. It's it's hard to beat those teams if the if you manage the clock and you you know call smart plays have a good coach you yep. win the vast majority of the times absolutely and I mean I I think that that's and that's why I wanted to kind of open up our conversation with that because I rewatched this game or the Jets game for the Falcons I was blown away even more by how good the offensive line played yeah. I mean I, I think that I almost like. It, it, it's kind of it's a cool thing going back and rewatching a game because all the anxiety is removed from it. Yeah, and so, you uh, know, the outcome and you're able to just sit there and say, OK, what do I want to watch? Like, what do I actually want to go back and see from this game? And I was able to just sit there and watch five plays in a row from from Jalen Mayfield and then Chris Lindstrom and then whatever. And it was Jalen Mayfield's playing so much better that, than he did early on. Chris Lindstrom is playing like a legitimate all pro in the in the league like he is he's reading all of the twists all of the stunts the delayed blitzes picking them up moving from double teaming with uh Caleb McGarry to then switching over to Matt Hennessy if he kind of feels that there's pressure coming from inside of him it's really savvy nuanced veteran stuff and he's still really young so that's where I want to start uh talking about this specific matchup because Miami's defensive line I think is considered the strength of their defense what do you yeah. see um, from Atlanta's offense in the trenches going against Miami's defense? Well, first of all, I we gotta you know address the semi-white elf in the room. Caleb McGarry, with yeah. his COVID uh, issues, may not be there unless he gets two negative COVID tests um, before Sunday, yep. and that may or may not happen. We don't know. No, um, the offensive line has been so good, and they've been like you mentioned. Uh, I, I appreciate you going back and watching. The, the beauty that is pass blocking and run blocking by yeah. these big hogs because no one notices that. No one notices the <laughs> offensive, offensive line and the, the fullback unless they mess up. And right. these guys have been giving Matt Ryan reasons to sleep well at night and reasons to smile because they, um, they get it. They understand how important the details are. They understand how important technique is. They understand how important it is, how important it is to learn from your mistakes. Yep. And become a, a good offensive line. 
And um, what they did against the Jets was amazing. The Dolphins have, uh, I think, the strength of their defense in their defensive line, but they still haven't been uh, as dominant as they were predicted to be at the beginning of the season. So if we can handle yes. the Jets uh, and we can handle, you know, Vita Vea, uh, not handle, but we can survive Vita Vea, none of these guys <laughs> scare us, scare me to the point where I'm like, oh, no, here come the Dolphins' defensive line. We'll be fine. Um, I, I think that um, we have enough in the offensive tank to where they're going to be off balance again with two guys coming back by the name of Russell Gage and by the name of uh, um, gosh on it. Uh, I'm his name. Are you forgetting Arvin Calvin's Ridley. name? Yeah, Calvin Ridley. Darn PTE. <laughs> I thought uh, that was a bit. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, yeah, Calvin Calvin Ridley. Uh, we're we're going to be in a good spot because I. Yeah. For one, you know, don't want to steal the thunder if we're going to talk about this later. But the fact that we potentially could have Calvin Ridley add on top of what Kyle Pitts has already done, we're in a yep. great space. Because I'm hoping that Kyle Pitts doesn't, you know, shrink back to the foreground and say, hey, Calvin, I'm I'm just a rookie. I don't want to step your shiner or be the real number one. Yeah, real number one. <laughs> I... I'm just going to let you go and I'll be the number two. No, if Cal Pitts still says, hey, I can be a number one, whether Cal Ridley's here or not. And so I'm going to act like that. I'm going to step like that. I'm going to have that confidence. Oh, man. Imagine <laughs> both those guys going off. Because Cal Ridley wants to cement his position as, as a true wide receiver one. Because they're yeah. he's not deaf. He hears the whispers. He understands that you know he's not measuring up to anything close to what Julio did, which is very difficult. But even just being a, a true number one receiver, he hasn't been as dependable as he's needed to be for fans, for coaches, shoot, for anyone to feel like he's a, 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 a consistent threat. Now, again, he's amazing talent, has some great plays, but as far as a consistent threat, he's not there yet. But this is a great game to go off because this defense ain't the best. And even though their <laughs> defensive line is good, they're going to have trouble getting to Matt Ryan if our offensive line plays the way they've been playing, and if we're getting the ball out to Russell Gage, Kyle Pitts, you know, Calvin Ridley, and just picking them apart in the defensive uh, backfield. Absolutely. I mean, the way that I think about that is we have seen here in Atlanta the past, I don't know, I mean, it feels like probably a decade at this point, what a really good, talented, kind of like diverse, all the pieces are their skill group, how effective that can be with a offensive line that is a weakness what i'm excited now to see is what is an offensive line that's a strength allow you to do with some other still really good skill players on this team who we just haven't really gotten to see all work together yet because russell gage went down fairly early he's missed the past few games calvin ridley obviously was out against new york but you're right these guys could be back and they're coming back against a Defense that was out there, top two corners, Xavier uh, Howard and Byron Jones uh, in that game against the Jaguars in London. So it's still iffy as to whether or not those guys will be back. And if they're not back, I mean, I think that the, the Dolphins did a, a number of different things in that game. They tried to switch up between man and zone, but that none were effective. And Matt Ryan is a smart enough, talented enough quarterback. and capable to just sit there and zone pick you apart but if you go man i don't think they have the guys in the secondary even if they are fully healthy to contain 
uh, a Calvin Ridley, a Russell Gage, and a Kyle Pitts. And then if you somehow do, Hayden Hurst got a touchdown last week. I mean, he's a pretty good fourth option. Uh, yep. Not to mention Corderell Patterson, who may be the best player on this offense. Um, and we're 27 minutes in and just now mentioning him. So, yep. yeah, I, I mean, I call it the fact that they won their last game and then we had a bye week. And I mean, when was the last time the Falcons kind of won two games in a row? And that's what this feels like. So maybe I'm just getting my confidence up. Uh, you are a little but bit. You have reason to. Uh, I mean, right. you're, you're, you're definitely maybe getting your it's foolish, up. though. It's maybe not it's foolish. foolish. And, and I, I've it's funny. I, I, I talked to um, uh, a nurse. Uh, I, I dabble um, in a couple of things uh, on the medical side. So I was talking to one of these nurses. And um, she was a big Falcons fan, and she was asking me, so, like, what's going to happen with the Falcons this week? Is it okay for me to get excited? Because I really want to get excited. Those questions? Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, I, <laughs> let me tell you, since I'm in the locker room every day. No, uh, I just told her, in my professional opinion, I think you have nothing to worry about because the Falcons are a, it's tough to say they're a veteran team, but I just really take put a lot of stock in Matt Ryan's leadership because he's been here. And dang it, he's tired of losing. He is yeah. tired of losing. And this season can go left really quick because if you go and miss out on this opportunity to go three and three and tie things up and you end up going to two and four, I, 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 thought, I thought the season's over. No, actually, yeah, the season's over. I'm, I'm calling it. If we lose this game, <laughs> we're not making it to the playoffs. We're not salvaging the season. This is yeah. just a sad, sad season where we're going to hopefully – put it in the trash and, you know, get better next year. But we want to take take stock in Matt Ryan has a couple more years to be great, you know, a couple in like, you know, four or five, three, four or five to be really at his best. And he wants to take advantage of that. So I, I told her we'll win this game because we got to win this game. You, we, we had a bye week. We have um, guys who are motivated and we have, you know, I think, the tip of the iceberg, as far as we mentioned, the office line getting better, the rest of the team getting better as well. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I keep, I just keep looking at this game, and I Got find it. no reasons to really be worried. No, it, it like but that's it, why you, that's why you should be worried though. That's because why I'm worried. Whatever you feel too confident, then something's gonna happen. So it, it's tough. For <laughs> I know it's yeah, it's it's just I'm I'm I know this the ending to this movie too well, <laughs> yes. but. I've seen this movie too often. <laughs> let me let me give you um look, like I think we all can be open and honest about by and large we probably should expect that this year does not result in a trip to the playoffs. What's exciting right now is that for for a majority of the teams across the league, kind of the next 4 weeks will determine who actually is is in that thick of it and then who is still has some hopes they're hanging on to and want to get back into it and try to fight like I don't know the 2007 Giants who kind of slipped into the playoffs the last second went on to make history like some teams will be telling themselves that some teams will be saying we had a really hard schedule the first half of the year blah 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 but most of those teams are going to kind of understand where they are right now over the next four games the Falcons are just trying to stay in that mix for as long this is a play it out season for the Falcons the longer they can extend just being in the mix the better we all should feel. That's kind of what is the upswing of the next uh, little bit. But what concerns me is that unlike those teams that are going to be saying they had a really hard start to the season, and if you're the Browns and you're four and four, 
sure, maybe you're trying to sell your fan base on, we'll turn this around, we'll we'll still get it, look at who we played. The Falcons are potentially going to be sitting here going, uh, well, early on we had a game Please. against Jalen Hurts, we had Please. a game against Daniel Jones, we had I, a game against Taylor Heineke, we had oh a game against gosh. Zach Wilson, they will now play Tua Tagovailoa, and the week after that they play Sam Darnold. It's not until <laughs> Jameis Winston in week nine against the Saints that they actually play a quarterback who has started many, many seasons in this league. Tom Brady's the only one they played and the Bucks, you know, kind of just handed that game to, to Atlanta. I know that was weird with the Matt Ryan pick sixes and stuff, but uh, like I would have trusted Tampa, I think, more at that time to, to pull that out than Atlanta. So the Falcons playing all of those teams Best case scenario, they're four and three out of that. Is is that just fool's gold? If we're sitting here kind of saying, man, the Falcons might have really figured some stuff out. It's like they have played probably like the worst stretch of offenses um, to start the season based on on kind of quarterback play, overall production, all of that stuff. I mean, is that is that real? Is that something to be worried about or am I reading too much into that? Mr. McFadden, stop with the logical common sense making <laughs> all of us now question dude try it in my mind uh, you you made nightmare. such a mind blowing wonderful point that <laughs> now i, I got to go and rethink everything i've been saying because i feel good about the falcons i feel I good yeah, about the too. bye week i feel good about our progress i feel good about matt ryan uh building the foundation of something that could turn into uh, a playoff uh, uh, appearance next year, a definite playoff appearance next year, and maybe even a, a run deep if we can get Terry Fontenot's get more pieces around this team. But you really just made a case for forgetting all that stuff because we've had one of the weakest schedules <laughs> in the NFL yeah. and one of the you know shittiest row of quarterbacks that I think any team has played, and yet. We're two and three. Try to scratch three and three. Right. But yeah. again, this is not a year to dominate. This is a year to figure out who the hell we are and to yep. understand how we can be effective in this uh, uh, in this league. So I hear what you're saying. It gives me pause and concern. But well, I still well, come back me... and saying that we have a chance to do something great, which doesn't mean playoffs, but it means right. progress. Let me give you the upside for that exact point right Please there. Do. So here's here's what I do is I, I bring I bring in the, the the storms, the the gray clouds, and now here comes that beautiful sunshine to Thank clear you. it all away. Is Dean Pease, I guess, today told the media that actually, like in his experience, where the Falcons are right now in terms of installing their playbook, they're kind of far further behind than most other teams that Dean Pease has been the defensive coordinator of throughout his long and storied career, which was really interesting. But it seems like because Dan Quinn and, and just the, the philosophy that he had on the defensive side of the ball, they really wanted players that fit their scheme. Dean Pease throughout his career has been somebody who doesn't mind changing and adapting the scheme to fit his players. But there are some core fundamentals of his defense and those do not jive with what the Falcons have been doing previously. So he's having to teach guys like Deion Jones, the, you know, the stars of this defense, kind of some of the fundamental aspects of just a very different defense than something he's ever had to do. So he's dialed back the playbook. 
So the wow. upside is that the Falcons are two and three, yes, but maybe they've been doing it with a defense that isn't quite where we think it is based on how it's looked on the field. And so, yes, while that could give you some pause about the prospects of this defense holding up and getting better over the next several weeks and when it will actually matter, maybe they were able to kind of like buy their time to get up to the speed that they needed to be. And now after a bye week, who knows where they are in that process? Maybe they've gotten more stuff uh, installed since then. And, and maybe the Falcons defense, once they start getting their arms around what Dean Pease really wants to do fundamentally from a scheme perspective and their roles, could take another jump or two. And if that happens, we may be looking back at like, thank God that they had the easy slate that they did early on, because it really did allow that defense and the offense, frankly, to show this incremental improvement. And I do feel like it's only a matter of time before one or the other side of the ball kind of breaks through the way that we thought the Falcons defense had maybe against the Giants. Uh, and I think there's a good chance that for the offense, it could be this week. Um, I, You're absolutely right. I think the defense is in a great position. The whole team, the fact that we have a new head coach, a new regime, uh, and players who are playing under a new system, Every game that goes by that we survive in advance allows yes. us to, you know, get better and be more potent, more efficient because we're getting more comfortable in our own skin. But uh, I I'm loving how the Falcons are, at least on offense, we're getting really good where it matters the most in, in the red zone. If you mean yes. take away the, the first game where, you know, we're kicking field goals with Young Hoku, um, Atlanta has scored touchdowns on 78.6% of its 14 red zone drives. And this is really cool. The Falcons have turned red zone drives into points on all 16 red zone appearances this season. That's crazy. Like, yeah. I, I have to read that twice. Falcons have turned red zone <laughs> drives into points on all 16 red zone appearances. Yep. I've seen years in 14 and 15 where, shoot, we, <laughs> red zones meant nothing. It could have been the middle of the field. Red zone meant stop. Red zone yeah. stop. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're field goal in the red zone. It just it just wasn't there. But you know now with uh, Cordero Patterson and with the uh, Cal Pitts coming up and Matt, Matt Ryan being Matt Ryan and being able to to get the ball to anybody, I feel like on offense we're really getting dangerous. And these guys, including mm -hmm. Matty Ice, still haven't mastered the playbook. You talked about Dean Pease and what his defense has done. You know Matt Ryan is, is a wizard. There, there's nobody with the uh, resume, acumen, or the mental, just, I guess... Wherewithal. You know, yeah. uh, where, uh, wherewithal that Matt Ryan has on the defense for Dean Pease to really get excited. There's some guys who are really good, but as far as just the years and time they put in, Matt Ryan is that you know, above and beyond on offense, which is mm -hmm. why he can grow the most, and he can continue growing. Like, he, he has His top end, his ceiling, is so much higher than anybody else in their growth, and so yeah. every game that goes by... Matt gets more precise, more deadly, more, you know, uh, just unpredictable for the defenses. And um, the fact that we're already crushing it in the red zone gets me excited to where, all right, once we start playing some good teams like the Saints, we'll be ready. We'll be ready to, to not just roll over or hope we, you know, make it a, a, a good game. Like, we can win against good teams. Not, not Tom Brady good teams, but against the Saints good teams. Yeah, we can win against those teams. Yeah, and I think I think the big point that we're dancing around a little bit into maybe why this team feels different than some other teams. Certainly, 
I mean, frankly, starting two and three almost spiritually feels like it should be three and two because I think all of us collectively have been like, eh, that Washington game was a loss, but like they they look good. They look good, good for parts of it. it. Yeah. Like like special teams that kickoff return. Are we really going to credit that to the rest of the team? Like that's that's how I think me personally. And I get the sense that everybody's like, yeah, but it, two and three with an asterisk. Um, even that feels amazing compared to starting 0 and 5 or 1 and 4, which is yes. where it's been the last couple of years. So this already yep. feels like a big improvement. But what actually feels different, just the product on the field, the the last two years, this team has been finding different ways to lose games. And I was there. I was in the building. I was trying to cover it. I was trying to make sense of it. And every week it was a different thing. And you were like, aha, I finally got this pinned down. I know what the issue is. And then all of a sudden, Matt Ryan has like a three interception game. And you're like, well, well, where did that come from? And like, what does it mean? Is it like, is he hit the cliff now? Is it, was it a bad game? And then, and then the next week it's, you didn't jump on an onside kick. And then the next week it's your running back falls into the end zone when he shouldn't have like just all of the different things that happened. And this team has not yet really had a critical flaw that shows up multiple times a game and even when they do even when that's why the jets win had me so excited even though it was the jets is that third quarter was starting to go south and i think it did show a lot of mental uh, resiliency from this team to get it back in the fourth quarter and furthermore the fact that they did now makes me allow to sit allows me to sit here and say well, hayden hurst fumbled the ball twice he lost one of them one was deep in the jets territory Mike Davis fumbled. He never does that. So like, sure, two weird fluky things, but you're potentially putting even more points on the board there. And this could be a 34-20 win if yep. one of those drives goes differently. And then we're sitting here being like, okay, cool. That's back-to-back weeks with 30 points, like feeling even better. I think that the Falcons did turn it around. They haven't been just, they have been lost defensively. I mean, remember those games when we were just like, where even is the nearest defender? Why is this guy running 40 yards free? We haven't had (laughs) any of those moments yet. And so, sure, there's stuff that needs to get cleaned up. But so far, we've seen it get cleaned up. The the issues that happen stay one game issues. And so that's why maybe I trust this coaching staff to actually be really good. And, And maybe they can get with these great players like Matt Ryan and elevate them. And if they do and they start getting Calvin Ridley involved and Russell Gage involved and and Kyle Pitts and really get this offense humming. I mean, the Falcons could end up becoming a very dangerous team uh, if everything does click perfectly. Now the question is just like, does it click and to what degree and how quickly does it all kind of mesh together? Because the ceiling, I think, is higher than I even really thought possible. Um, a couple because I don't think the line of scrimmage was was going to be fixed as quickly as it has been. Yeah, no, you, you're right. Um... This team can be a good team, and all this talk. And I, I, I get it. We're we're talking heads, and we're supposed to talk, but um, <laughs> we'll we'll find out very quickly. I, I think you know, as much as going to London was an important game for us, and not you know having the wherewithal and the discipline to win out there with all all the moving parts. I think beating the teams you're supposed to beat is something that we got to learn to do. Uh, yeah, we, we can't 
struggle and play down to, I, t- I talked about this last time in London, we can't play down to inferior competition. And yes, I said inferior. This is a team that's not as good as us <laughs> on paper or, you know, on, on the field. We are yeah. better than the Miami Dolphins. Matt Ryan is a lot better than Tua Tungo Viola. <laughs> like, Matt, Matt, Matty Ice should be like wiping the floor with this guy. And yeah. it, it's not even close. And so with all of the things that Tua should be mentally thinking about if he is listening to the media and the potential trades for Tua, if you're listening, him, yeah. take all this to heart. Matt Ryan oh, yeah. wipes the floor with you, bro. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I feel like we should go and make a statement. So yeah. after this game, I'll feel really good about leaning into the Falcons. I, I, I feel good. I'm not to really good because uh, I've been disappointed. I've been hurt so many times that <laughs> I'm just afraid to love again. I'm afraid to, you know, get excited about a team that is showing me little signs here and there that they can be something special because they 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 cheated on me before and they've uh, you know broken my heart. And <laughs> I, I want them to put a stamp on it, you know, to put a ring on it, and, and really show what they're capable of doing with uh, a piss poor team that they should get a W on. Yeah, I, I mean, you hear that? Falcons. Ovi has one. He's dipped a foot in the pool. It, it feels good. Feels good. He he might be ready. He might be ready to just hop on in and start playing Marco Polo all around the pool. Dude, he's right there. Yep. So uh, but give him a reason. you gotta win. You gotta win. You got, he can't feel, he can't feel like the water's, you know, getting cold or, or it's, it's over chlorine or, yeah, I mean, yeah, water. no one. No, exactly. So you, you gotta, <laughs> gotta go take care of business one more week. And then Ovi's all in. Um, no, that, but that was like, that was, we were about to get to kind of your locker room message, but I feel like that was uh, what you would say, right? Like we're a better team here, guys. Let's go out there and play like one. And like, let's actually no. do it. Let's do it for four quarters. Not even for the, for the win, because we, we can win this game, not playing our best football. But that's not what our mission here is this year, right? Is if we want to be the best team we can be and that we have aspirations to be, you got to go out and do it. It's, it's yeah. not enough to just talk about it and to show it in practice and stuff. What matters is on Sunday. So here's your next opportunity. Go out there and play four complete quarters and we'll start talking about you guys a little bit differently. I mean, it's kind yeah. of, it's all there for the taking this weekend. The um, best teams and Tom Brady teams, Peyton Manning, they, they do a great job of this. They put their foot on the enemy's throat yes. and they apply pressure. Mm-hmm. And so I'd like to see this team. Uh, that's why I said I want to relax in the fourth quarter. It's hard to relax. <laughs> yeah. But if the Falcons have that killer mentality, when you see bugs, you, you squish them. When you see people who are not on your level, you make sure that they know, their mamas know, their fans know, that the fans' mamas know that they are not on your level and you're going to just dominate them. I, I used to love, it was a, something guttural about, you know, breaking the dominate. We do it all the time. You know, RBs uh, go, one, two, three, dominate! And every <laughs> syllable just echoed through your, your, your echo chamber because you felt that, you believed that, and you were just like, these suckers don't even have the ability to hold my jockstrap. Let me go out there and just crush them, dominate. Yeah. And if the Falcons get that, and I always talk about the the gutter, gully, uh, angry, you know, just vibe, swagger that the offensive line and fullback and, you know, the I think the physicality that, that teams need, we, we 
are heading that direction. I wouldn't say we're we're a, a, a scary physical team yet, but we're heading in that direction. Yeah, I think that it could happen with um, us kind of making a statement against teams like this. Now, you shouldn't be struggling against the Dolphins. You shouldn't be fighting for your life against the Dolphins. That's what makes fans uncomfortable. Um, so hopefully, uh, like the locker room message to the team, you just tell them, hey, go out there and put your foot in the throat and apply pressure and show the rest of the league, because they're watching, show them, you know, and put on film what exactly is going to happen the rest of the season. The type, type of effort you're going to put out there. Are we sure they're watching, Ovi? Are we, are we sure? Are we sure? <laughs> they have to. Unfortunately, they have are, to watch we sure? and see what we do uh, and what we don't do. So, yes, we're not. Watching. We're not in London anymore, baby. It's not uh, nine thirty. We're not the uh, only man. only game on. We're not the early prime time. Uh, True. So, all right. Before we get out of here, let's kind of run rapid fire through. Uh, honestly, these are like the main topics most podcasts would talk about. Maybe we're doing it wrong, um, but. That's what makes it fun, right? Let's get in. Let's get out. And who needs to have a big game for the Falcons to win on Sunday? Yeah, uh, who needs to have a big game? I think um, Calvin really does. Uh, Calvin really needs to, to come back and show. I mean, you know, God bless whatever personal matter he was dealing with. Hopefully he's dealt with it and come out back here and play football. But if he comes back and, you know, Kyle Pitts maintains, we're going to be in a really good spot. I agree. Um, I think that that would that would be probably the greatest possible sign for like the fact like if if of all the players, if Calvin comes out and just has a, a vintage Calvin Ridley game, it might be the most impactful thing to make people feel as good about this team as possible in week seven. Right. Because it's kind of yeah. like that's the one thing that that we're all worried about so far is Calvin. If he comes out and breaks out. Heck yeah, dude. Um, I think that AJ Terrell has played great this season. I think he's going to need to continue to play well on on Sunday because there aren't really too many avenues, I think, for victory for the for the Miami team. But Jalen Waddell is somebody who I would not be too happy to see just kind of like get loose against this Falcons defense because I do think that he is a pretty, pretty good playmaker. Uh, he's got the speed. He's got the agility. He scored two touchdowns in their last game. So he, he's kind of coming off of a, a really good game um, in his first year. So I think that they could force feed him a lot. And I don't know if AJ Terrell will like shadow him. They there. That might be more of a slot matchup depending on how they want to use Jalen Waddle, but he's played so great. And, and this Falcon secondary, I think has has also looked better and he's a big reason why. So I would like to just take away their top option and really, really make this hard for Miami. I like it. All right. What is the scariest part of this matchup for Atlanta? Ooh. Scariest part of this matchup is if um, the Dolphins get the run game going because the, the Dolphins run game has been pathetic, which is why the whole world's been on Tua's shoulders. And uh, you mentioned about some of the receivers uh, being dangerous and AJ needing to step up. But the Dolphins run game has been so bad. And I, I just want the Falcons to continue on their I think uh, evolving uh, nature or I think they're comeuppance when it comes to stopping the run. They're not the best in the league by any uh, stretch of the imagination, but they've been getting better every single game. Yeah, they're not bad. Uh, Brady Jarrett and Deion Jones and, you know, Foyer, they've been sticking their heads in there and being strong. This is back to my whole snuff them out, you know, keep your foot in their neck. They haven't had a good running game. 
keep it that way and make yeah. sure you put an exclamation point on that and don't let the run game come out of nowhere. That that that'd be a potential scary thing for me because if they get the run game going, you know, two is going to get confidence and their whole team's going to get confidence and uh you can destroy a whole team's uh, mojo if you just slowly and methodically run the ball down their throat. That's it's in I agree with you because it's where my mind is going as well. And I'm kind of cheating, I feel like, in my answer, because the scariest part of this matchup for me is is actually the Falcons. It's <laughs> I'm thinking of what would be like what would scare me the most coming out of Sunday night thinking about it on Monday, you know, nothing is ever, ever going to beat the Monday after uh, the, the Super Bowl, which I don't even, I feel bad even going in this direction, yeah. but you, you don't want to have that existential Monday where you're like, what happened? And, and now what am I supposed to think? Because I thought it was going in one direction. And now, so if the Falcons come out and just play lackadaisically slow off the bat, make mistakes, like we continue to see them put the ball on the turf, sacks start creeping back up and and like you said you let Miami linger in it and all of a sudden they look now like a team capable of of knocking you off and is this going to be the turnaround Miami needs that would be the scariest thing for me to see from Atlanta and frankly again outside of Jalen Waddle which is the reason I'm cheating on this answer a little bit because he's probably their offensive weapon that scares me um but there's not a ton of guys on on this Miami team that scares me because of where I think the Falcons are and so if they show me that they're not actually in that place yet, that'll that'll have me worried. Good stuff. Who is your X Factor in this game? Um, gosh, X Factor would have to be gosh, great question. Um I like to say Mike Davis. Um I always go to Mike Davis. I'm I'm a fullback, I always go to the running backs. I think that every single game, um, that we can get Mike Davis to play up to the the caliber that we brought him over here for. Cause I, I think he's gotten better, but he's still, he's been <laughs> hilariously overshadowed by a guy who was supposed to be his backup, Cordell Patterson. <laughs> uh, Mike Davis has become the Robin to his Batman. And I know he wants to, you know, get out of that, um, that shadow. Cordell Patterson is going to go off. He's proven that he's going to be a weapon every game that he's playing in and Mike Davis has to, if he can turn into even a, a portion of Michael Turner and give us that solid run game, I, I think it, it gives us something we can hang our hat on. So I think he's a, he's a huge X factor. Yeah. And I, I do think that Mike Davis still is kind of like a metronome for this offense. Like he's just steady. He's where he's supposed to be when he's supposed to be there. And sure. Porter L. Patterson may break off some, some bigger runs, but I still think, from a down-to-down standpoint, the reason that, that this team has shown they trust Mike Davis, dude's just a professional-ass running back. He's where he's supposed to be. When he needs to be there, he makes plays, and he kind of doesn't make many mistakes, which is why that fumble was so um, surprising. I think, to your point earlier, the X factor to me is not a player, but it's an area of the field, and it's the red zone for Atlanta. I think that Miami wins that game if they're not coming away with field goals on a lot of several good possessions that they had. I mean, they played well enough to win that game by two touchdowns. Uh, it was honestly shocking. Miami did lose that game, which speaks to more of where, like, I think that they are as an organization and that they're still finding ways to lose games. Uh, so that's what I think the red zone is going to be indicative of is who comes in with their best stuff, executes, gets in, gets out with seven points, 
And who's left there with a, a holding penalty on first down at the 12 yard line. Now you've got first and 20 at the 22. And it like, that's always such a weird place to be is when it's first and goal and you're at the 15, you're like, how, what is, how does this work? Um, so I think, I think that the Falcons getting touchdowns uh, and then holding them back because the, the Dolphins are the second worst uh, or actually, no, sorry. I was looking at third down <laughs> defense. They're the second worst third down defense. They're actually middle of the, uh, of the pack defensively in terms of the red zone. But like you said, Falcons are eighth this year. Arthur Smith orchestrated the top two red zone offenses the last two years in Tennessee. The dude knows how to get it done there. So that's a matchup, even though that's statistically the best part of, of the Dolphins defense. Atlanta's offense has been really good down there and and they can hold off to uh, in the red zone themselves. And I think that that's the simplest uh, way for Atlanta to get it done. So that is my X factor. All right, Ovi, before we get out of here, what is your final prediction for the game? I think we're going to run away with it. I think it's going to be a 35 to 10 Falcons. Wow. Okay. I was, I was right there with you on the Falcon side. I was going to say 34 and I'm going to say 17. Uh, like I think... Maybe I'll be generous. I'll bump that up to 20. Yeah, the NFL has a way of of getting some points late in a game that that probably doesn't feel as close as the final score dictates. So you say 35-10, which would be quite the blowout. And all of a sudden, the Falcons now become one of the more interesting, uh, maybe third tier team uh, in the league, kind of in that grouping of of teams. But yeah, that would be awesome. Here's here's hoping, man. Yeah, let's see it. <laughs> all right um but before we get out i one question for you because i would love to to kind of add this as as maybe a part of our um a weekly category or something but i need to know first do you watch succession i don't what, what i've heard of it though what is it? I, all right i need to give you homework then i need you all to right. i need you to watch i need you to watch succession it's season three just premiered and it's on hbo it's amazing. I think it's the best show on television right now. I think really? it's one of the funniest shows on television, even though it's not a comedy per se, but I think it has some of the best comedy writing I've of any show I've ever uh, watched. But the premise is essentially like the Murdoch family, Rupert Murdoch, uh, the Fox News media empire. Uh, uh, okay. If like the show is centered essentially around that family, like a fictional version of that family. Logan Roy uh-huh. is Rupert Murdoch, and he is one of the most powerful men in the world, uh, kind of has like a health scare early at the beginning of the show. And so the show then is about the family dramas of who's going to inherit this media empire, who deserves to, where mm. the standings are like, and they kind of make it's it's like Game of thrones a little bit, but more set up in like modern, obviously. Yeah, like a, a corporate boardroom, but they all have the dopest clothes and like great cars and all that. It's like hoity-toity rich stuff but like with just savage shakespearean backstabbing and like maneuvers and plotting and like are you on my side no really he's on his side but like and then all throughout it the connective tissue is like the funniest dialogue that you've ever heard (laughs) so uh, so it's so good check watch like the first three episodes and i I think you'll that'll be a a good enough thing and then and then just get back with me we'll figure out if the we want because it's the type of show that we could totally have like a all right, who's the cousin Greg of of the week? And, nice. and do something like that. We'll have to so. catch up. Let me catch up. We'll talk on Sunday. All on right, Monday. man. Uh, you got anything else to say before we get out of here? Nah, man. Uh, it's It's been a blast as always. Let's uh, go Falcons.
Heck yeah, dude. Um, all right. Well, today's episode was presented by Bet Online. Please like, subscribe, let everybody know. Um, I've seen a few reviews come in. Ovi, we're getting five star reviews, dude. People, people oh, like the content. Yeah, it's really nice. On, uh, social media, you know, uh, give us some props as one of the best Falcons podcasts. Like, stop it. But keep <laughs> more. I need more. I mean, stop it. Keep going. You got you guys go go about fifteen minutes too long, but other than that, it's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, but we we really appreciate all the kind words uh, and everybody who listens. So spread the word. And Sunday night, I am flying back from Chicago. It's my wife's birthday. Shout out to her. Um, so Ovi and I will be recording on Monday, which means that this reaction podcast to Sunday's game. Coming out a little bit later, but we will get it to you guys. Um, I promise. So there you go. That's the housekeeping for the week. Uh, have a great weekend, everybody, and take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.